Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. All right. Well, how are you today? That's pretty good. I was here on two occasions. I don't know uh, what happened there, but I was the interim pastor and then came back again. I think it was right before Steve. Uh, I want to thank Steve and Julie for having me here. I know you appreciate them. And cute little... Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, some of the people before, not as stable as Steve, you know what I'm saying? Like, like not, not so... Anyway, I'm not going to downplay that, but I just want to... Thank them for having me. I also want to recognize that my wife is here. 42 years, so you know she's crazy. I mean, come on. That's got to be something. Um, I, want to, I want to recognize my, my boss, which is good, Dr. Shelley Templeton. And, and you got to come give it up for Shelley. She actually is the best boss I ever had. I, I was thinking about this this morning, and I was thinking, like, I, when she started, I was kind of like, I don't know. She was over in education. I didn't really know her. She has really grown into the job and just been, and I've had some really good bosses, but she's really the best that I've had. And, of course, Gary, her movie star slash producer husband, you know, uh, we just bask in his uh, glory, so that's, that's always... <laughs> the raise is coming through. Uh, thank you. That's all I need. We're done here. Um, what's the final song that we're doing? Jonathan Aguilar, he's, he actually is a student uh, in the counseling program. He's doing a practicum right now, working with homeless. I have him in a class. Give him a hand. Come on, he's like... Next generation, man, that's something else, huh? That's, yeah, just clear me out. And... So today I want to talk to you about a very sophisticated idea. I'm not sure that we all can get this. It's just called be a pencil. And you're kind of like, well, that's super. Um, thanks, I came all the way from home, got dressed, had to do this, put this on. I don't know, I don't know if I could be a woman. I, tr I would try to, I wouldn't be good as a woman. I don't think... It takes time. I'm more like a get up what I have. See the way I look? I look okay? It's only because she approved it. She, I, I, I had the stuff. I brought it out, and she was just like, no. No, not that, not that either. So, But um, Mother Teresa, I don't know if you know her story, but Mother Teresa was in India. She actually was a principal of a school. And so she was in education. But the, the job was so difficult that she actually got sick, and she had to quit the job, and she was traveling across India on a train, which if you've ever seen the trains in India, not the place that you want to be when you're sick, okay? Not the, but she's traveling across India on a train, and she said that God spoke to her and said, I want you to go to the poorest of the poor. And she actually started like a whole group to do that. She had to actually go to the Pope and ask permission to do that. And when she died, 628 homes 
had been set up worldwide to help people in, in their last stage of life. Often they would come in off the street, they would be ba uh, bathed and fed, and in the last days of their life treated with dignity as they died. Uh, 628 homes were set up to do that. And when they asked her, like, what's your secret? How did you do these amazing things? She just said, I'm just, I'm just a pencil. I'm a pencil in the hand of God. So I was like, that's really kind of amazing. Like, how do we, how do we get to be a pencil? So that's the, that's the whole sermon. Let's go on to the next one. First of all, allow yourself to be in God's hand. Now this sounds easy. You're like, sure. You know where God puts you sometimes? Have you been with God before? Has he ever put you in some place and you're like, why am I here? Like, what, what is going on? The disciples. Jesus says, get on the boat, go to the other side. They are exactly in God's will, right? I mean, I don't know. If Jesus says to you, do something, and you do it, you're probably like, I'm good. Are you in God's will? Yep. What happens? A storm comes up, and they're about to lose their life, right? You ever been in there? You're like, I think this is God's will. You know, I think so. Like, I'm, I'm in it. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on? This big storm comes up. So my next story is assured that I'll never teach anywhere besides Bob Beach Atlantic University and maybe never speak anywhere again. So now here's my story. <laughs> so I was at Temple University, and at Temple University, they were having gay day. Okay? So I was there, and I don't know if you, do you know this is Gay Pride Month? I don't, if you don't know, this is on social media. Everything is like rainbow and everything. And so I'm in this class, and in this class, by the way, it was competitive to get in. They took 14 people out of 160. And so in this class, they said, unless you were believing a certain way, affirming in a certain way, that they would throw you out of the counseling program. And I was like, ooh, that's not good. So gay day, they, they had like a, a sticker thing, and they were taking a sticker, and you put it on your shirt, and you pass it to the next person, they put it on their shirt. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's going around the room, and I have to make a decision. Like, I'm in the midst of a storm. I have to go, like, do I put it on my shirt? Because I don't know. And then I don't put it on my shirt. I get thrown out of the program. That's not good. What am I doing here? God, like, so I did what a Christian man would do. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then I'll just stay in there for a while. Hide out in there. You know what I'm saying? Not too long, because if you're in the bathroom a long time, people are like, are you okay? Not that long, but long enough to have it like go around, and then I'm like, I'm good. So I come back in, and the darn thing hasn't moved. <laughs> I'm just like, and now I'm thinking to myself, maybe I go to the bathroom again. <laughs> but, you know, at some point you've already used that idea up, and so you, you can't necessarily use that idea. So what actually happened, I, in, the first, in the first group, I, I went on to something else. I never told the end of the story. Still, you are surprised at that. She's like, you never told the end of the story. This woman who was Roman Catholic, she just looks at it, and she goes, eh, not today. She passes it on. Do you know nobody in the whole room put the sticker on after that? <laughs> not one person. What I found out from that is sometimes you just have to be that person 
who says, hey, this is what I think. And I'm not saying nasty. Look, I have clients who are gay. I have people who are friends with but, but you have to have a dialogue maybe about the things you believe. And listen, our culture is dying. Right? We are like Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, God says to Ezekiel, speak to that dead pile of bones. And if you haven't watched social media, and if you haven't watched TV, and if you don't know what's going on, you don't know that we live with a bile and a potty of bones. And your neighbors and your friends and the people out there need to hear the word of God to this pile of bones because God helped, not us, not you, you seem older, our children. Where are we going to go? So God has placed you, fortunately or unfortunately, in this generation, at this time. Thank you very much for doing that. Because he wants you to be his hand. With people who are sick. I have two friends who died last year. I have a student, but he lost both of his, his, his parents to COVID. I have people who have gone through abuse, have gone through heartache, who have gone through trouble. Maybe they're neighbors, maybe they're friends, maybe they're sitting right next to you. But you are the hand of God with them. God has placed you in his hand, and you are the answer to the prayers reaching in his life. So the first thing is this. Be like a pencil. Be in the hand of God. Number two. Allow yourself to be sharpened. Now you ask, how will I be sharpened? And I say to you, if you're married, um, that person may be sharpening you. Gottman, I just went to a Gottman training last week, and they found that 69% of the problems in marriage are extra perpetual. What does that mean? That means if they both work on them, they still can't eliminate two-thirds of the problems. And some of you were like, I knew that before you came here. I just knew that. I didn't even have to, you didn't have to tell me. I knew that. So what does that mean? That means that in relationship, we're sharpened. Now I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories. Um, actually, uh, Perry reminded me early. Perry, who's here, reminded me earlier. I used to live in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. I used to drive up to Oklahoma on the weekends. And Oklahoma is a desolate place. It is. I mean, I remember somebody who was in seminary at Fort Worth, they said, well, Texas is my favorite state because it's where I first saw my first tree. And they were from Oklahoma. They had these little scrubby little trees in Oklahoma. So we were driving up to Oklahoma. There's this little town called Ryan, where Chuck Norris is from, about six to 800 people. Little town called Eureka, about 2,000 people. So. I was um, talking about my physical prowess, and my wife was like, well, you're not as in good shape as you used to be. And I was, you ever have anybody say that to you? You're like, you need to get in shape a little bit. I was just like, yes, I am. I'm in, I'm in good shape. So she said, no, you're not. And I said, listen, stop the car. Jeans on, pair of shoes. I am going to run from Ryan to Warrico, going 10 miles. She's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm like, listen to me. Didn't ask you. I, the physical specimen, you ever have men, why are men like this? We're like dumb as rocks, I swear to you. 
Sometimes. By the way, why can't uh, men get mad cow disease? Because they're all pigs. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Okay. So, I say to her, but one thing I want you to do is I want you to not come and get me. Promise me you will not come and get me. She's like, but I, you know, no. Promise me you won't come and get me. Man, running. Okay. So I started to run. And what I did not realize, because I am a city boy, is that in, in the middle of the woods, anybody from the country? Yes, it, it gets something called dark. Okay? I did this is not, I didn't think this through, obviously, somewhere along the line. So it started getting darker and darker. I'm looking at my watch. And now I hear these sounds on the side of the road. I'm running faster, you know. I'm like, what's that? And, and now it's so dark, I can't even see the road. Oh, this is, and I'm, I'm going like this, like with my foot, so I know the side of the road, so I know where to run. And if a car comes, I run right at it, because I know that's on the road. And it's dark and dark. And, and what do I think to myself? What do I pray to God? That for once in my life, my wife will not listen to me. Like she will, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she will see, I'm with an idiot, so I must go rescue him. But I had made such a big deal about this that as the night wore on, she did not come until I saw the lights of the city and I headed toward it and she pulled up I didn't say anything. I just, did you ever do this? I just got in the car. I'm like, not saying anything. Just. Now, what is my point? I should have a point. Let God sharpen you. James 1, 2 through 8 says that when you encounter various trials and temptation, to consider it joy so that you will develop patience. Here's a secret. I don't want any patience, okay? I didn't ask for it. I, I want to be immature. I want to get, do you ever pray like this? God, take these problems away and give me a milkshake. Amen. <laughs> Usually two things. Take the problems away, you know, and give me a milkshake. Just, just give me something. God, unfortunately, is much more concerned that he sharpens us, makes us patient, works on us, and so he has given us mates and bosses and friends and colleagues and your annoying neighbor and your mother and your mother-in-law. And you're like, thank you, God. I, I appreciate that. But that's the way that God works. So let us be sharpened. Next, use your eraser. I don't know if you noticed that in life that people, they make mistakes. You know? Um, so I do counseling with people, and sometimes I have people who have come in who have addictions and affairs and all kinds of problems, 
sometimes they're so overwhelmed by the problems that they come in the first session or two and they can't tell me. Actually, I had somebody who lied to me for like a year in counseling before they could finally tell me what was going on. It's, isn't this hard? I mean, we make this out to be easy, but it's actually quite difficult to face the things that are wrong in your life. Yesterday I was on the phone with some, a woman. She's been drinking. She's 73. She's been drinking for years. She can't face the fact that she's been drinking and she's been lying to everyone. It's very difficult to change that, right? To face up to those things. To not only ask for forgiveness, but then what should I do in relationship to that? The great pastor, uh, Dwight Moody, was in a, he was in a, evangelistic kind of a thing and a man came to him and said uh, you know I have a problem with drinking and Dwight said God will you help this man as he drinks he goes don't tell him I drink <laughs> isn't that funny but sometimes the very thing that we need to bring to God we keep from God right Everything we need to bring to God, we keep from God. So I want to do something right now. Bow your heads for a second. This is a, a mid-sermon break. Is there something you need to ask forgiveness for? And if you don't have something, then you should throw pride in there. Because um, you got that. <laughs> okay? And say something like this. God... I want this thing, and I, it's not right, and I want you to help me not want it. And I want you to forgive me. And God, the things I've done in the past, you know them, and you're the great eraser. Would you just erase them off the page as if they've never been there? Thank you for the cross that makes this possible. I accept your forgiveness of me. Amen. You know, uh, there's some churches that do a confession every week. I used to be a part of a church like that. And I can honestly tell you that there never was a week that I'd, something didn't come to mind. I was like, ooh, yeah, probably that thing. But that's the, that's the way that things sort of happen. There was another story. Okay, so this is a joke. But um, this woman was up in the front of the church praying. And she's praying, and somebody was in the back painting the church. And so um, he thought it would be funny. And he said, hey, it's the devil. <laughs> she like, didn't like pay any attention. So he's like a little louder. It's the devil. She doesn't pay any attention. So finally he says it even louder. It's the devil. Like really loud. So she finally turns around and goes, look. I've been married to your brother for years, and I don't, you don't think I'm not, <laughs> not afraid of you? Some of you will get that on the way home. It's, it's fine. Okay, next. There you go. Remember, like the pencils, it's important what's inside. So I kept looking. Um, would she be willing to help me with something? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Can you come up? Is that okay? Can we have a little hand? 
So, what's your name? Star. Star? Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, let's say I was going to give you $10. Now, this is really bad. You're giving children. This is a bad example, but we're in church, so it's probably all right. I was thinking about this later. It's like, don't take money from strangers. I mean, this is like a bad thing to do. But let's say that, with your mom's permission, I was going to give you, can I give her $10 if I hope it's okay? She's like, oh, her mom, okay. Let's see. So, if I was going to give you $10, that'd be okay? She says, okay, I guess. <laughs> I think she's shown the best judgment of anybody that I've seen so far. And in general, it's not a good idea. Thank you for your permission to do that. Because in general, taking, I was thinking about this later, teaching children to do this would be a terrible thing. Don't usually do this. Okay. Well, let's say I'm going to give you, give you this. You'd be, that would be okay? No. But wait a minute. Suppose before I gave it to you, I wadded it up in a little ball. Would you still take it? This goes my whole illustration. <laughs> You're supposed to say yes. So say yes. Let's walk away. Is that okay? She says no. All right, can I give it to your mom for you? She said yes. All right, so let me do one more thing. Suppose I take it and I stamp on it. <laughs> Still no. It's my whole illustration here. It was a good one but it's not really working, so my, here, can you take that to your mom? Okay, a little hand for structure. Thank you. This is where you should never work with animals or children. That's what they say, like, neither one of them does it really work. And uh, for good reason, and I've learned a lesson so that maybe I will not um, uh, do. <laughs> so what's my point there? <laughs> I really forgot it, and I... But our world judges us by the way that we look, doesn't it? By what we drive, by where we eat. And, and, and let's admit this. The church has done a terrible job with racism. I, I, th I just think we have to say that uh, for a lot of our history, the most racially terrible place has been church. So we, we need to do a better, a better job. Now, I look pretty white. I was actually part of a black gospel group. I played bass guitar in a black gospel group for a while. I'm sorry. And I can play basketball. So, But... Let's admit that we have not done a good job with that, right? Uh, whether you're African-American, whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic, wherever you're from, whether you're old, sometimes it's, it, it, it's you're a certain age and people start to treat you a certain way. Or maybe, and I've seen this, you're, you're male or you're female and you've been treated a certain way because of that, right? That's just not right, and we need to say that that's not right, and we need to say it clearly, and we need to say it a lot, and we need to not tolerate that, okay? So let's get that really clear, and we need to say it often because 
people are, what's the word? They're not that smart about that. I cannot tell you how many times that I've had to say to people um, something about that in relationship to jobs or placement or things like that. And you wouldn't think that it still goes on, but it does. So let's look at what's inside of us rather than just what's on the outside. And you know, the Bible says this, if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul, that you've gained nothing. Stop kissing up to rich people, okay? Seriously, stop envying them. Stop following them. Stop. You know why? I will tell you, I've had people worth millions of dollars come in my office and talk about ending their life because it's not worth anything. Because they don't have on the inside what you have, the faith that you have, the connection with God that you have, the purpose that you have, that that God has built inside of you. Recognize that and appreciate that. And you know what? See that in the person next to you, right? To celebrate the differences that God has placed in them. And do what? Love your neighbors yourself. Do everything you can to make that person succeed, right? Not you're the hero of every story. This is the American thing that really kind of ticks me off. You ever see those movies where the guy runs through stuff and the people are shooting at him and for some reason everybody's a bad shot. Nobody ever hits him. <laughs> and then he's fighting like 400 people and he beats all them and, it, and then he wins everything and whatever. It's just, it's just like, that's nonsense. Let's stop doing that. Let's recognize the beauty and the things that God has put in the ordinary person, each person that's here, and recognize the special gift. And whether they have been stomped on, abused, crushed in some way, despised, it does not change their value because what happens is people who have been abused or have come from that situation begin to think of themselves in that way. I, I, I'm going to depart for just a second. I'll try to get back on track, Sale. David. You remember the story of David? Uh, Samuel comes to Jesse and said, I want to anoint one of your kids. And so they bring the first guy out, and he's very tall and strong, and David and Samuel gets the oil ready, and God's like, no, not him. They bring the next one. No, not him. Next one. They go all the way through all the kids. And they finally get to the end, and, and God says no to each one. I said, well, do you have any others? And they're like, well, we got one, but we didn't even think enough of him. We left him out in the field with the sheep. Right? Go get him. Bring him in. They bring him in. God says, anoint him. In Psalm 23, David says, that you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They had a meal after he was anointed. Who did he eat with? His family. There are some times when your family, the people around you, where you came from, 
do not understand what God has built in you and what he's called you to be. So don't look at them for that. Look at what God has placed in your heart, what he's called you to do, right? And David, Samuel said, God said to Samuel, he's the king, anoint him. And David said, how, how did you pick me? You ever do that? Like, how, like why me? I don't, I don't know why God has chosen us. Let me say this. Those of you who are here, you don't really recognize maybe that faith is a gift. I was talking with a man who was dying, talking to him, and he said to me, you don't think I want to believe? I, I want to believe. I, I can't. So faith that you have is a gift, and recognize that it's on the inside. All right, last. Leave your mark on the world that God has put inside of you. We are image bearers, Genesis says, and when we're imprinted by God, we imprint the world with the thing that he's imprinted us with. So make your mark in the world. You have a story to write. There's a story to come out of your life. There's a poem for you to create, something of value, something beautiful to have come out of your life. There's a song for you to compose. There's something for you to do. It may be as a mother. Let me tell you, there's three types of people in the world. There's men, there's women, and there's mamas. And they're so different from each other. <laughs> those of you who are mothers know, like, yes, it's a little different from when I had, before I had those kids, man. It's uh, just a little bit different. Maybe your mark is being that kind of a mother. Maybe your mark is the kind of father that you want to be. Nobody can be that father, right? Nobody's going to take the place of that connections. Maybe you're going to be that neighbor, that person who tells somebody about Christ. Maybe you're going to be that person in church that does something simple, but it's that thing that no one else can do. David says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Let me ask you a question. When you turn around and look behind you, is there goodness and mercy following you? What's following you? And what kind of mark do you want to make? Because we need to step up and make the mark because God has called us to do that in the world. We're called to be his light, his people, and he's put us on this world to make a mark or we just could be taken home. So God, today, what do you have for us to do? As God speaks to you today, don't be afraid. Make your mark in the world. Take your place. Be a pencil. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.